On this episode of Scammer Stories, we hear a Nigerian scammer's side of the story. I can't even imagine living in Nigeria. We'll call the scammer Ray. Ray was very hesitant to tell me his story. Living a better life has always been my dream, and that's why I did what I do. Ray started talking to a woman named Chris online, who you'll hear in the next episode. I know what I did was a crime, and it's very, very bad. And here's a first on Scammer Stories. Ray actually came clean to his victim after he says he fell in love with her. My name is April, and my sick mother fell for a scammer's lies. Now, I don't want victims to hear this story and think a confession is what they're going to get. The goal of this episode is to hear Ray admit he and others scam people and how they do it. We start with how Ray says his family ended up in dire straits. We tried FaceTime and a phone call and settled on a Facebook call. The connection was bad and we reconnected three times. The audio isn't exactly the best and Ray has a strong accent. So I'll interject from time to time to make sure you can follow along. Hello? What time is it there? Um, it's um, a few minutes past five. A.M.? Yeah. I got up in the middle of the night and I couldn't sleep anymore. Tell me what it's like to be you when you were a child. First of all, let me start from being in Nigeria. Being a Nigerian, um, being born in a country, it's not something you wanted or something you can undo or something you can decide on your own. You know what I mean? No, you mean like you were born in a country you didn't want to be born into? Something like that. Okay, why? Uh, you know, the, the old system is fucked up. The old system, the old system of the country, everything here is based on the cash. And cash here is not even for average Nigerian politicians here. No, so the politicians have all the money and they don't care about the people without money. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so let me start from when I lost my dad because that was the biggest highlight of my life. Okay. 2014, that was 21. I lost my dad. Auto crash, you know, bike accident. So ever since then, I've been trying to struggle and be a man. Been through the ups and downs, alone with my mom, my siblings. No help from anywhere. No. Have you ever lost anyone in your life? Yeah, I have. Yeah, it hurts. Yeah. April, when I lost my dad, he was retired before he passed away. So when he passed away, so many people came around, promising different stores, promising to sponsor the children, the kids, and schools and stuff, promising to, you know, help in whichever way they could. But, you know, maybe fake promises, or maybe they were busy with their own family, or they were busy with their own problems, or whatever. Ray says his father passed away, leaving his mother and his four siblings without his retirement that was promised. Ray was young and still needed his father for advice. Getting to know more about life because that gave me a different perspective about life. Since the day I lost my dad, it was that day I started thinking like a man. 
at a very tender age. It was that day, you know, family first, my mom first before me. And then, you know, <clears throat> my mom had to, you know, go begging. She keeps getting scammed. He's saying his dad passed away and the government promised to help the family. That help never arrived. He says his father's pension would have been able to probably take care of the family for at least three years. His mother actually begged for the money. The mother was told, sure, we'll give you the money. First, you need to bring us this amount. So that was so frustrating that we had to stop her. The government, it's not sure they'll give it to her. Because that's the kind of government um, operating here. So my mom and dad had five children. The whole burden now became my mom's alone. How old were you again when you had to take over? I was like 17 years old, maybe. You're still trying to get over that, it sounds like. Yeah, figuring things out on my head wasn't easy because I was too young for that. Along the line, I got really frustrated. He tried a few jobs to make ends meet. Before I started the internet stuff, I did some media jobs, you know, construction. How much did you get paid an hour when you did, like, the construction job? Yeah, we don't get paid by power here. Oh. We don't get paid per day. Okay, how much per day? I got paid, it's even below $5. He left home to leave his mother one less mouth to feed and quickly found scammers. I told my mom, you know what? I said, Mom, I don't want you to think about me anymore, like... I want you to, you know, focus on my siblings and then do whatever you can, try your best. But as for me, don't worry, I'll find it. So I left home. I hooked up with some friends. Then I was introduced to this internet stuff. Then I was making cool cash from there. So I'd finished with um secondary school. I mean, I had to, you know, go to our institution to further my education. Ray reminded me several times during this interview that he needed my trust not to out him, and I agreed. You know, I want to trust you on telling you this, okay? Yeah, because firstly, I don't talk about my life to strangers or to anyone who has nothing to offer in my life. I I don't like talking because I don't like being pitied. You get my point? Ray talked about the idea of trying to come here and then his views on the American government. Coming over is not a problem, but getting over there is, and the process of getting over there is. You know, it's very rare to get an American visa from Nigeria. Very, very, very difficult. Number one. Number two, so damn expensive. You can't even imagine it. So I just say, let's just leave it at that. I hope you can just get my point now, okay? The point is the American government can do and go any length to get whatever they want. And after that, they don't care. You know that, right? Living a better life has always been my dream. And that's why I did what I do. Like, that's why... I did that, that shit that I'm regretting right now. Okay, and but tell me, why are you regretting it? Because she's a sweet 
person has a tender heart, very big, tender heart, loving, charming, caring. Yeah, you heard that right. Ray the Scammer says he fell in love with Chris, who you'll hear from in the next podcast. Very honest and um, truthful. So, you know, along the line, I fell in love with her because I just feel this is not right. The true feeling, the true connection is there. But I was feeling, how could I hurt someone? I love this much. You know, I couldn't undo that feeling. Like, I keep judging myself over and over and over and over. I was just fucked up in my mind that I couldn't even think straight. So without asking me anything, I just told her, I want to tell you something. Then she said, what? I said, this is a big and huge thing for me, like very honest and daring truth. Then she said, okay, what do you want to tell me? So I told her the truth. She didn't believe it. And, you know, I explained everything to her. Ray claimed to be an American military member, Josh Porter, who is used a lot. He came clean to her. He agreed to talk to me only because Chris asked him to. Well, I don't know something I told Chris. I didn't tell her the church or expose my identity to her because of the true love I have for her. I felt the connection. I felt everything else is a lie. Pure connection, the love that we share. The other men, they don't come clean like you did. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. when, when you talk to her, you did talk to her on the phone. But how did you disguise that with her? Before, you know, I'm a computer expert. I can do a lot of things on the computer. And um, I had to disguise, and then, you know, sound American. I came up with something else so she could believe. Chris says he always had an excuse, like other scammers. They say, I sound funny because I'm sick or I'm tired. Then she fell for that. Were you scared the whole time that she would find out? No, I wasn't scared. I just wish someone could find out and tell her the real truth. I didn't want to lose her. Because I know if I, if she knows I'm black, maybe I'm a little younger, I know she, that would be a really big turn off for her. So are you still talking to women now? No. No. But... I told her I can guarantee that I won't talk to other women because she really helped my life. She really helped me. He's saying she really helped his life by convincing him to finish school. How are you going to survive then? That's just my point. That's my point. But, you know, it's difficult to explain. How you get difficult to explain when you, you, you already or a convict, or something. Basically, he's saying, yeah, he's finishing school with the money from Chris, but what does he put on a resume that he's been a scammer? You know, I'm in my final years now in school. Last week, I had a plan in my head that if I couldn't continue my education anymore, then I would drop out. Then I intended dropping out last week. Then she advised me to go back to school and stuff. So I told her nobody to help me. So he tells Chris he wants to finish school. He's almost done, but he's running out of the money she gave him and has started pawning things. You know, 
I keep selling things I acquired with Amoni when I was lying to her. Then I keep selling them to keep living, like to you know, to keep myself up, to maintain living. I sold most of my things now. Okay, I've been thinking about this a lot. I want you to think about this too. If I had to take money from someone to go to school, I choose not to go to school. Well, that's you. No, I keep saying this. People living over there in the United States and other white countries, they're having good economy. You know, it's a privilege and it's an opportunity. And it's um, something very, very big. You can't even imagine living in Nigeria. There's this point I just want to clear out for you. I'm not trying to justify what I did. I know what I did was a crime. And it's very, very bad. I know. But, you know, in Nigeria, if you don't go to school, your opportunity of making it in life is very, very narrow and short. That's just it in Nigeria. People who already passed out of school, most of them don't even have a job. They couldn't even afford to heat. No job opportunity anywhere. Ray says even if you do scam to make enough money to go to school, the future is still grim. It's just fake promises all over the place. If you could do any job in the world, what would you be good at? Computers, and I'm good at what you do, too. I'm good at, you know, investigating, mm-hmm. and I'm good at, yeah, and I'm good at, you know, psychology, like being a therapist. I brought up contacting the U.S. government. Sounds like he could maybe be a good double agent, but that was a hard no. I can't contact the U.S. government. I can't. I can't even involve them in this. Okay? Okay. If you are giving me an offer to come over there, it's a great opportunity. I wouldn't turn that down. But involving the government and then stuff, that's, that's something else, like... Something I'm most scared of in my life. Thank you for reaching out for me. The entire time we talked, his phone kept buzzing with messages. I think you can hear how charming and smart he is, which is something we hear from scam victims all the time. Next time on Scammer Stories, we're going to hear Chris's side because the details are so much different from the other victims I've interviewed. You're going to really want to hear her perspective. If you have a story you'd like to share, you can email me at scammerstoriespodcast at gmail.com or message me on the Facebook page. I also have an interview with a former member of the military whose pictures are used who reached out to me on Instagram. Some housekeeping we need to talk about too. I kept talking about ScamCon, and we're just going to finally go ahead and start it with a small gathering in Alabama on June 27th of next year, and then we'll grow it each year. So mark your calendars. Until next time, Scammer Warrior.